Welcome to This Grit and Grace Life. You've got questions, we've got answers. From the boardroom to the bedroom, car lines to college, single, married, or single again, we're bringing real answers to help you live and love your grit and grace life. Welcome to This Grit and Grace Life. I'm Darlene Brock. Well, hello, friends. I'm Julie Bender. Welcome back. So how many decisions have you made this morning, Julie? Ooh, I don't know, like three maybe? <laughs> not even close I mean the first one was for me am I gonna get out of bed now or not? <laughs> <laughs> yeah so you know this week we're going to talk about choices decisions how to make them how to do them well but before we jump in let's kind of talk about that concept in general Mm-hmm. We all suffer from a condition called decision fatigue, where it's harder to make choices at the end of the day. Did you know that in a 2011 study, researchers at Ben Gurion University found that parole boards granted parole to about 70% of cases heard in the morning, but less than 10% of cases heard in the afternoon. As the day went on, it became harder for the parole board to consider every aspect of a case thoroughly, so they defaulted to what seemed like the safest choice. Oh, that seems really, really sad. So how do you get to be in the early portion so you have a shot? Hopefully you have a good lawyer, I guess. Yeah, I guess so. All right. Uh, Did you know this? Your brain needs glucose in order to make good decisions. Low levels of glucose can impair your thinking and ability to learn. Mm -hmm. That's why grocery stores have soda and candy near checkout. You're exhausted from shopping and you need a hit of sugar. Oh, I thought it was just because kids would see it and you're (laughs) stuck there waiting your turn. I think there's more time for them to make their case. No, I think you're actually right (laughs) on that. And it's all on the lower shelves, is it not? Developing a routine can help eliminate stress and decision-making on a day-to-day basis. It also allows you to conserve energy for more important things. Yeah, do you like routines? I definitely thrive on a routine, for sure. I I mean, I I like a break from it every now and then, but after a couple days, it's like, okay, we need to get back to some sense of sanity. (laughs) Okay, I do like this one. According to research published in Harvard Business Review, a study evaluating 192 groups found that those with women had the highest group intelligence. Okay. I feel like this one is just kind of stuck in there. It could go on any episode. It could. I think we'll use it on every episode, don't you? Also, according to the Harvard Business Review, sometimes waiting to make a decision by sleeping on it can actually help. Your unconscious can help bring some clarity since your conscious attention is limited. Huh. I guess that makes sense because you're not thinking about what am I cooking for dinner? I need to get to work. I What shoes am I going to wear? The mm-hmm. list. Yeah. It really justifies the nap I'm going to take as soon as we're done here. <laughs> just trying to make good decisions later. <laughs> just saying. Yeah. Good, good plan. All right. Emotions play the biggest role in decision making. Mm-hmm. I think that's true. Mm-hmm. Neuroscientist Antonio Damasio studied subjects that had brain damage in areas that generate their emotions and found they couldn't even make simple decisions. So interesting. Yeah. I think that I, that makes sense. Well, the truth is, is we all make choices every single day, lots of them, and several of them, we tend to fret over them. Psychology Today says that it's estimated. I don't, I just, this feels hard for me, but I'm going to say it as though it's fact because the internet says 
that we make 35,000 decisions a day. I mean, maybe that's right. Maybe it's wrong. I don't know. But that's a lot. It is a lot. I mean, right now you're making a decision whether you're going to continue to listen to us or not. (laughs) Put us on pause or keep walking and keep the headphones on. I don't know. But you you know what, Julie, think about waking up in the morning, what you wear, what you eat. There's probably a lot more than we account for, but 35,000 does seem Run the red, the yellow light or stop here. (laughs) Yeah, that's true. I mean, when you really start to pause and think, they really do add up. Well, and some of our decisions matter and some really don't, Mm -hmm. but it's, it is something that we all do and kind of need to learn how to do well. Mm -hmm. Making good decisions for yourself and learning to not judge others as much for their decisions (laughs) is really, I mean, (laughs) is something we want to talk a little more in depth about today. You know, I don't know if you've noticed, but we spend an enormous amount of time assessing other people's decisions and having opinions about them. Mm-hmm. Guilty, for sure. I mean, it, you know, when it comes to judging or considering other mom's opinions, like, is she really feeding them that food? Why didn't she make their food? Mm. I don't think that way, but somebody has thought it about me. <laughs> yeah, or the... What is she wearing? Mm -hmm. I mean, seriously, Mm -hmm. what is she wearing? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Or even relationships. Why is she with that guy? Or why didn't she consider this great guy? Ah, that seems to be one that resounds a lot in our heads. Or Mm -hmm. about our jobs. Mm -hmm. You know, maybe we've chosen to do a part-time position, but it's easy to go, why would you do that when this career path Mm -hmm. that you were educated for is ahead of you? What is wrong with you? I mean, it's not on this list, but I couldn't help but think of, you know, with our spouse, we think you should not have done that. Or if you'd only done this, it would have been better. Or, you know, when given these options, the obvious choice should have been. Really, my husband often looks at me and says, stop giving me choices. Just decide for me. And I'm like, well, that just feels wrong. (laughs) So here are your 13 options for dinner. And he just looks at me like, why do you hate me? Oh, Julie, uh, let me just pause here. Dan does the same thing to me because I don't care what I eat. I don't care what restaurant I go to. I don't care. I will make decisions on other things, but please do that one for me. (laughs) Giving you marital advice here in the middle of this. I guess. So, I mean, what we want to talk about is, you know, how to make good decisions. Because like we've established, we're all making decisions whether we want to or not. And we want to make decisions that will serve us and the people we love well. Well, I think here's a few steps, but it needs to start with understanding this. If you don't make a decision, you have made a decision. Mm, Yeah, indecision is actually a decision. It is, because that means you're staying where you are, whether it's with a man or a job or, you know, you're settling with your child's behavior or whatever it is, Mm. or you don't want to clean your closet out. I don't know. When you don't make that decision, then you are settling with what you already have, which is deciding to accept it. For sure. The figure it out later syndrome just creates that undercurrent of stress because it still remains something in in your subconscious that you're thinking about, but not making an action toward. But it's, you know, it, it changes your ability to focus on other things while you're still stuck in limbo in that one place that you're trying to ignore. All right, here's another one for you, ladies. Don't get so caught up in all the little decisions that you don't give yourself brain time, mm-hmm. capacity, and space to make the big ones. That's true. Because we could get distracted with the day-to-day, got a million things to decide, when we really need to step back and think about the big picture. 
Well, and some of us are maybe just now realizing that that is what we're doing. We are busying ourselves with, you know, unimportant decisions to avoid the bigger elephant in the room that really needs to be addressed. Okay, let me caveat here. Sometimes you need to do a bunch of stuff to just (laughs) get it done so you then can clear your head to make a big decision. But don't let that go on forever. Forever. When making a decision, it's incredibly important to really look at both sides of the potential outcome. Mm. Do you make lists, Julie, on that? Um, Yeah, I think. I think for the bigger things. Um, I know we're in the middle of making a big decision, and so this is kind of timely, like, okay, I could just kind of cop out because I want to be done with the process. But no, it needs to really be studied and considered from multiple angles and over a little bit of time. You know, kind of give it the the marination that it deserves considering the weight of its effect on our family. And I think that sometimes we skip that step or we only want to think about the side that we think we should choose. And we don't want to, you know, be honest enough with ourselves to consider the opposite. Yeah. When we first got married, my husband was the best devil's advocate, Mm -hmm. as they say, where, you know, we'd be talking about something, then he would present the whole other side of it. And sometimes I'm like, I don't really want to hear that right now. Thank Mm -hmm. you very much. But I think to make a really great decision, you have to spend the time to assess what would happen if you went down A road Mm -hmm. or B road. Mm -hmm. Totally. Well, and I think another important step in making a good decision is to put that up to the mirror of your values. I mean, how often do we talk about how important it is, one, to have established values and to reassess them often, but definitely when it comes to decision-making. Yeah, and I think in that, Julie, it's important to reevaluate your values Mm -hmm. where, you know, you've lived a certain way and not that the fundamentals change, but sometimes it's good to step step back and remind yourself this is what matters to me. This is what's important to me. This is my long range goal and attitude. And with that in mind, I'll make a better decision. For sure. All right. Here's one that I have a lot more past than you do, <laughs> but learn from it. Mm. Learn from your past. And in fact, don't learn from just yours. Take other people's experience as well. If mm-hmm. they have dealt with the same kind of things you are and had to make decisions like you are. Yeah, it's totally true. I mean, we we have an incredible richness in our own past, but you're right. When we then consider the benefit of the hindsight we can see from somebody else's experience, that adds a whole nother layer of wisdom that we can apply when making a decision. I think sometimes we lack in knowledge of the situation. So you know, kind of sit back and go, what do I know? What do Mm -hmm. I know about this potential job? What do I know about this city I'm thinking of moving into? And what do I not know? What is it I need to learn about these things before I make a decision and Mm -hmm. gather all of the information that you possibly can? Because then you can sort it through all the lenses. You can sort it through your values. You can sort it through your family. You can sort it through everything else that needs to be addressed but you need to gather all the information. Yeah, and for some of us, this is hard because that takes time. It takes, you know, sitting on it for a second, but that's where you're gonna really be able to have the grander picture to really, you know, see all of those other elements we've already talked about, about your values and about the both sides and bringing past, you know, circumstances into the situation as well. 
Well, and we're really talking in this context about the bigger decisions in life. It's not that you have to marinate everything, like what am I cooking for dinner? <laughs> um, just put something in a pot and go. But you really need to figure out the big ones because they're the life-changing ones. They're the, the trajectory decisions that you'll be making. So I think of anything that you do, then take these steps and apply it to those. Mm. I think something else that's important when making a bigger decision is removing yourself, you know, really trying hard to take you out of it and consider this decision with anyone else possibly in it. But, you know, what, how would I suggest my friend handle this? How would I suggest a complete stranger handle this? Take yourself out and really look at it objectively. Definitely easier said than done. I think earlier you said, Julie, or maybe it was me, I can't remember, that was all of 12 minutes ago, that emotions play an enormous part Mm -hmm. in our decision making. Well, you just said remove yourself, which I totally agree with. Mm -hmm. And we have to do that. But do we need to remove our emotions from it Mm -hmm. as well? Sometimes. And sometimes we need to allow our emotions in that we don't want to. And I think that, you know, sometimes we have that intuition, our gut tells us which one we might be purposefully trying to leave out in order to get our own way or to prevent someone else from making a decision for us. And so I think a lot of times we do know that we're doing that to ourselves, either allowing our emotions to overtake us or refusing to give them any you know, place at the table. Yeah, and I think what you just said about we know, trust your gut, trust that inner voice sometimes I think it's absolutely the Holy Spirit trying to prod you toward where you need to go sometimes it's from your experience or your understanding of the situation Uh, but you might doubt that you might question that instinct you might then overthink it Mm -hmm. am I right am I wrong what if what what will happen where will I go what will I do you can think through something to the point where, again, you go back to not making a decision at all. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think we all recognize when we get to that point. And that's where maybe we need to sleep on it again for a minute. <laughs> Take a nap. Or we need to bring somebody else that we trust, that we value their opinion. You know, I think hearing somebody else's, you know, insight is another important, you know, resource in making a decision. But at the end of the day, you do have to trust your gut over the you know opinion of somebody else Mm, julie i love that and i don't think that was even in the notes that was a great point and finding finding those people you trust Mm -hmm. who have your best interest at heart that you know whatever they say to you there's no agenda there's no there's nothing that they gain from it there's nothing that they are building up for themselves Mm -hmm. they're only caring about you and Mm -hmm. those are incredibly value resources Well, and I think I even just said it because I know sometimes I am so forward in the way I think and I talk and I I can talk to myself. I don't actually need somebody else there. (laughs) (laughs) But when somebody else does come into the scenario, you know, they ask questions that I wouldn't have considered. They bring their own life view and experience. And so it allows you to analyze the scenario in a more strategic or, you know, dynamic way. And so I think that's an incredibly important part of. Now, do you have to ask other people what to make for dinner? No, apparently your husband doesn't even like that. But, (laughs) But yeah, again, we're talking about the bigger things here. All right. So when you've done all of this, you've sorted through it, you feel like you're landing at the right place on the next step you're going to take. 
don't look back. Mm. Don't look back. That doesn't mean you've always made the right decision because trust me, that's not <laughs> going to be true. <laughs> but commit to where you're going to get the best out of it and make the most of it. And don't sit and go, but what if, and I should have, and maybe if I'd have done this different, because then you're wasting a lot of energy on what needs to be in your future. For sure. For sure. Okay. Let's talk about that whole element of trying to stop ourselves from our human nature of wanting to judge others on their actions. Because it just, it just creeps up. I don't necessarily mean it to be there, but it pops up. So how can I combat that? Mm. I think the first thing is going, I don't want somebody to judge me Mm. because inevitably I'm going to make some bad decisions Mm -hmm. as well as good ones. I'm going to wear some really tacky clothes (laughs) instead of the great ones, or I'm going to, you know, in the moment, say something to my child that if I was, it was heard by someone else, then I would immediately be judged. So Mm -hmm. I think you need to just roll back and go, it could be me. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of recognizing that if somebody was watching every single thing you did, there'd be plenty of judgment coming at you. So remembering that when you're quick to judge somebody else is incredibly important. And I think also acknowledging that we never have all the details on somebody else's situation. Gosh, if we would remember that, that would help us in so many different areas of relationships. It's true. They probably Their life is not going to be our life. We mm-hmm. don't know if they had a bad morning, if their husband yelled at them or they yelled at their husband or, you know, on the way out the door, if they had a car accident before they got to work. I mean, you don't know what's going on that all of a sudden you go, why are you acting that way? Well, there's sometimes incredibly good reasons that they are. Yeah, that's so true. That's definitely a good reminder. Uh, And even if it's a decision that's not the best, We also want to practice compassion and being gentle towards someone because, again, we've all made bad decisions and we need grace from people in moments like that. And no one is perfect. Yeah, so true. And our bad decisions help us some days make better decisions. Mm -hmm. And when we've, you know, surrendered our lives to probably things that we shouldn't, or people that are taking advantage of us or not serving us the way that they should, then, you know, we, we all do it. Mm-hmm. We all find ourselves there at different times. And what do we need? We don't need somebody to go, I told you, you shouldn't mm-hmm. have done that. Mm-hmm. Or what were you thinking? And if you would just step out and leave that guy or leave that job or whatever, then you'd be better off. And what are you, what are you doing? Yeah. We don't need that. We need someone that will love us in the moment because maybe we're not ready to make a new decision, but we are certainly in need of being loved and have compassion directed our way. Yeah, I think something to even interject here is the truth that sometimes we do need to speak up because somebody's going to get hurt and there may be a myriad of reasons of why the person is you know, ignoring the fact that there's danger or maybe they are being emotionally hurt and are not in a place where they can make a good decision for themselves or others in their care. And that's something you have to really weigh as your own decision on whether to discuss somebody else's decision, you know, and that's where prayer and insight and pausing and, you know, general principles of wisdom and relationship and the level of relationship you have with someone but there are definitely going to be times where you need to help someone see something because of the imminent danger 
that that they may be facing without realizing it. Mm. And when it's born from compassion, when it's born from I I really care about this person or I care about the people in their lives, you know, doing exactly what you said, Julie, and approaching it in that way is really beneficial. And the flip side is what if somebody comes to you with that same Mm. conversation? Mm. What if you've made a decision or find yourself in circumstances that maybe hurting you or hurting people around you, are we, am I willing to listen? Am I willing to hear someone who I know cares about me? I hope so, because I need to. Sometimes. <laughs> sometimes. And sometimes I need a minute. You know, sometimes I have to I need a week. That, yeah, I have to let that settle in, let my pride, you know, rebound, and then recognize that if it comes from a place of true compassion and love, then it needs to be weighed against whatever I might be facing. Um, We talk a little bit more about women in judgment, sidebar, uh, in episode 57, which was about 16 years ago. But if you want to go back, we will link that in the show notes. We talk more about why we can't help but judge other women and what we should do about it. Mm, Yeah, because apparently we seem to approach this subject and live in it more than (laughs) once. All right. We said you may need other people to help you. They may be friends. But you know what else? You may need a counselor. Mm. You may need someone who sees the big picture Mm -hmm. of the subject Mm -hmm. and understands not only you, but understands the steps that can take you out of where you are or the decision that's healthy for you because they have a bigger view Mm -hmm. than what you or your friends or anyone else has. For sure. I mean... I don't know if anyone's ever heard me mention this before, but sometimes therapy is needed, but sometimes therapy is needed. And so, (laughs) gosh, I think I've heard that before. (laughs) You might. Um, So I think that there's, there's no shame in that. I mean, some of the best seasons of my life have been a result of being willing to submit myself to wiser, more experienced, more learned people that I pay for their opinion on. (laughs) Well, and I'll tell you what, you paid for it, but there were times I gleaned so much great information from what you were learning about life. You're welcome. Yeah, thank you very much, Julie. (laughs) I mean, but even more important than therapy is ultimately the final, you know, best insight, the best decision-making ability comes from our faith. And that's going to come to us in a variety of ways. I mean, we hear God through a few different avenues, like reading his word, through praying, through other people in the faith. But we cannot discount the impact that really asking the Lord. Well, and I think learning to trust that he will tell you, Mm -hmm. that he will make it clear to you in various ways yeah that and and sometimes i think the overthinking applies in this area too where you want so badly to get it right that you think about it ponder it do you really hear him is it really what he's saying is that the right direction and you need to trust that not only are you able to hear him he's able to make sure that you do Oh, that's such a good reminder. I think one of the ways we know when we're in, you know, in God's will for us, the cheesy Christian phrase, but it's, <laughs> I don't, I don't know how to say it here, but one way that we know that we're on the path he has for us is that sometimes there's that peace that cannot be explained other than this is what God wants for me. Yeah. And that's kind of, there's been times where I'm like, okay, this doesn't make sense, but I sense a peace or this feels like the most logical and on paper, the side, you know, the ba- the balance sheet falls this way, but I just don't have a piece about it. And 
I think if you're a follower of Jesus, you understand what that feels like. We've all had those experiences where the peace was either there or not there, and that helped us to know what we should do. Well, and I think sometimes when we say we have a peace about it, it's kind of a, we can carry it to being a misnomer where we think that means it's going to be easy. Mm. That means it's not going to be challenging or it's not going to require a lot of hard work. That's not true. Yeah. That is not true. You can have peace and still face challenges and still have to just work really, 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 really hard or experience disappointment. But you know that's the direction you're supposed to go anyway. I guess I want to just encourage you and Julie Bender here that we can trust that God will give you an answer. Sometimes it takes longer than we want it to. I feel like i that's where I am right now. It's like, okay, God, it's been like three days. You know, three days. That's a, how many hours is that? It's like 72? Yeah. It's a lot. <laughs> but then I'm like, actually, it's not very long. Uh-huh. And I have to be patient. And I have to be, you know, willing to trust that God will show me when and how. And be willing to see what the lesson in the waiting is on top of the decision that needs to be made. You know, one thing that I think we need to remember too, and I've learned through the years, is when we're walking alongside other Christians and they're making decisions that affect our lives, if their decision is one that they've prayed about, they've spent time with God on and feel a peace about, even though it may complicate your life, Mm. doesn't matter. It still means it's the right decision and there will be a decision for you coming down the road because you were affected by this that is right as well. Well, I think there's a truth that we've read in the Bible and we've experienced if we've walked with God for any length of time that God can take all of those confusing decisions that got placed on us or somebody else's life change that then ultimately caused a life change for us down the road, like you said. But God has this way of making all things turn out for good. Now, that doesn't mean easy. We've already said that. But ultimately, we can see that God is always weaving things through our lives and in the lives of other people for his greater purpose, his good you know, story and the glory that he wants from our lives. And we can trust that that is happening even now today in the decisions we're making or in the decisions we're currently putting off and it's time for us to make. Yeah. Well, I really hope that through this process that you have gained a little bit of information on how to make a good decision. I actually think I have. And I know I've got some this year ahead of me Mm. that I have to make. And, you know, I'll, I'll try to apply these principles. But to do that, I think there is one decision that you need to make first. And this one, I would encourage you to make this decision in this way. And that is in Joshua, the 24th chapter, the 15th verse. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. If you make that decision first, not that the others will be easier, mm-hmm. but you'll be able to do well with them and they will play out in the way that God planned. Absolutely. And, and you'll experience that peace that we talked about. Dar, thanks for suggesting this conversation. It's definitely been timely for me and I bet for at least one or two of our listeners as well. So we pray for you as you're making whatever decision and also that you make an excellent dinner for your family tonight because (laughs) you will be facing that choice. But thanks for tuning in to another episode of This Grit and Grace Life. And we encourage you to go confidently into the decisions that you will face today and tomorrow until you hear us again. 
Thanks for tuning in to another episode of This Grit and Grace Life. Make sure you've subscribed and rated and reviewed the show so more friends can find us. You can also share about this episode on your social media or send it to a friend you think it could help. You can find everything we talked about in this episode on our website, gritandgracelife.com, where you'll also find plenty of other articles from other women answering questions you may have.